McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Good morning, everybody. I Welcome to Starbucks. <laughs> I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, is Jim Rosati. Jim, good morning, man. How you doing? Good morning. It's a beautiful Wednesday. The Pirates are two and eight, two and nine. Is that right? You want to go there? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a good day though. It's a good day. It is a good day. It is currently in Pittsburgh. Let's actually refresh this weather app here. It's currently in Pittsburgh. Well, maybe not so good. Sixty degrees and rain so sorry guys but it'll i don't get, know where, where i guess jim and i are at right now currently it's pretty good so <laughs> no complaints it's beautiful where i'm at like for some reason it's been like we caught a little bit of a cold spell yeah and i mean it was we were getting like 95 95 95 every day and this past week or so it's been low 80s and sunny it's been oh, beautiful wow. it's been weird nice can't hate on that yeah we had that hurricane Really troubled right. when it came by us. Um, it was okay. crazy. I mean, it was literally just like 50 miles off the coast from us, like right over us. And I swear it yeah. rained for 30 minutes. Really hard. You know, we had this huge downpour, 30 minutes, then it was sunny. That was it. So I have no complaints over that. Um, that's I know yeah, that's we're gonna about hit, as good as it can get. Right, right. I know we're going to hit pretty good up, up north more. But, yeah, so, you know, weather's good. Life is good. Pirates baseball, not so good, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, obviously as mentioned, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about baseball. We're going to switch things up on this show a little bit. Fantasy wheels out, Jim. We're done with that. You know what? The baseball season's upon us. We're watching Pirates baseball. There's a lot to talk about. Let's get rid of that, dive into some more about the Pirates here going on. But before we do... Let's uh let's go ahead and preview this upcoming series against the Tigers. I know we're in the midst of playing the Twins. Uh, I'm kind of already forgetting that out of my brain. <laughs> let's move forward to the Tigers right now. Maybe a team we can beat, right? Maybe we might add three wins to the column, Jim. Yeah. So yeah. So we still have to play the Twins a couple more times. But do we? Do we? Yeah, we do. Oh. We do. Unfortunately, but then we have the Tigers this weekend. Um, so Detroit's five and five off to a pretty start, mainly because they've just been beating on the Reds. Um, they, I feel like they've played the Reds all ten games, and like every time I look at every time I look at a Reds game, they're playing the Tigers, um, which just was just weird. Um, but no, they're um, five hundred, so that's that's not bad for them. I mean, you you would have thought they'd be right where we are, um, right? Not, I mean, I haven't paid too much attention to them, but it looks like really the guy who's carrying the team of all people, Donardo, ex-Bucco prospect, Jacoby Jones. How about that? 
Jacoby Jones, three home runs in nine games. He's hitting 379, a 236 weighted runs created plus. Jacoby Jones just mashing right now. Not Miguel Cabrera. The next coming of Miguel Cabrera, Jacoby Jones. Exactly. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, Miguel Cabrera's actually been on the – he's been struggling a little bit. So him and him and Jordy Mercer are down here at the bottom of the list, right? And, and that's what I was going to get to as well. Not that he's you know producing or anything, but also former Velco first baseman Jordy Mercer. Um, all he does, Jim, is get better defensively. That's all I've heard. All he does is just get better. You know, he's a good defender. I, I, I'm not going to go there. Anyways, yes, Jordy Mercer as well. Only nine plate appearances, um, batting two twenty two, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll see a couple former Buckos on this team, so that's kind of cool, I guess. But I'll say, like, this team doesn't have a bunch of stars, right? And if there is one that you recognize, it's Miguel Cabrera, which I love. Guy's an amazing talent. It's kind of sad to see how his career is ending, but that's just kind of, I guess, how it goes in baseball. But, uh, yeah, like, you see the guys that are leading this team. Who are these people, Jim? Like, who are the Tigers? I don't recognize anybody. There's no star power. You know, this is like the Pirates... AL Central team. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because like they're they're not even really that young. I mean, they their their pitching staff is so like they've got quite a few younger pitchers, but like their their batters are mostly all veterans that have just been cast offs from other teams. Um, they're not good, like you said. Miguel Cabrera is towards the end of his career. He's kind of in that same Albert Pujols territory mm-hmm. where. And, 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 yeah, it is weird because, like, you're used to seeing Cabrera, Pujols, like, triple crown contenders annually for the last two decades. Um, and now they're just, you know, half of what they used to be. Um, so it, it's one of those things where, you know, appreciate him the last few years that he's playing. He's 37. Um, probably doesn't have too much left in the tank there. But future Hall of Famer, yeah, I, I – you know, watch watch of him what you can. So. That's right. Much respect to you, Mickey. Um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, and this is one of those situations where we're just a mess. You know, the Tigers, they, I mean, they were spending money, and they were signing people, but it was just not too great contracts, you know, older guys like you mentioned. And it's, it's like this rebuild is going to take forever for them, it seems, because of all these contracts. I mean, Miguel's going to be on that team for, what, two more years, I think? Is his contract Yeah, real? so so they still have him for – I just had it pulled up here. Um, Miguel Cabrera is signed through 2023. Okay. <clears throat> they still have three him for more three more years Jeez. after this. Jeez. So they got him 38, 39, 40. So they'll have him for another three more years paying him 30 million a year. Right. Um, yeah. So that'll be a little bit of a damper. They do have some solid prospects coming up, especially mm-hmm. on the pitching side of things like Manning and Mize are both legit. I was really hoping to see those two this year. It doesn't look like they've brought them up yet, but I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be up eventually. I think this year to kind of get a glim- glimpse of them, but they, They've done a good job rebuilding. They, I mean, they've had a ton of high draft picks, which is what it takes. You know, if you can put together four straight years of top five draft picks, you know, you're going to acquire some talent, and they've been able to do that. It right. Just, it just hasn't. It just hasn't hit yet. 
Yeah, and that's very true. And actually, about the Casey Mize thing, from what I saw too, he was getting called up for the game against the Cardinals, but of course the Cardinals weren't able to play. So I'm, I wonder if he's going to make his debut anytime soon, or if he's going to pitch with the, you know, against the Pirates, also. So I don't know. We might yeah. see Casey Mize. That's true. So that could be exciting. Casey Mize major league debut. There, there you go. go. There's that's what to look forward to. <laughs> right. See, like I said, it's the Pirates AL Central team right there. You know, yeah. that's what we're looking for is Casey Mize. The same way we're looking forward to, you know, like a Mitch Keller start. You know, like that that's it. You just want to see that start. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, all right. Well, why don't we go and talk what are you know what we gotta do? We, we gotta go and get our ball block three keys by Jim and Donardo. So, and where's it at? Here it is. And I knew exactly what to do, but in a much more real sense, I had no idea what to do. So, Jim, what are the Bob Walk's keys to success by Jim and Donardo? Um, key number one, Josh Bell. Like, he's been terrible. Um, he's actually been statistically, according to war, the second worst player on this team behind Gerard Dyson. Um, and that's a feat. <laughs> and yeah, and that's, and that's something like the pitching really has, has gotten the job done so far as, as much as we just rail this pitching staff sometimes because they seem totally inept, especially in the middle part of the bullpen. Um, right. They've done a good job. Like they've done it. They're, they're average. They've been, They've been what we thought they were going to be. They've actually maybe even been a little bit better than we thought they were going to be. Um, the starters have 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 done have been effective. They haven't really gone too deep into ball games, but that kind of seems to be the case league wide. They seem to be really taking care of their pitchers. We're seeing yeah, a lot of injuries, sure. so you're seeing a lot of people getting pulled early. Um, but the pitching staff's been fine. But Josh Bell is somebody that this team needs and they he and they rely on for power and he just has not provided it yet this year whatsoever he's not getting on base he has a 2.6 percent walk rate this year 2.6 percent walk rate so he's not getting on base he's not driving in runs he's really not doing anything um so that's my first key he has to get going I like that. And, and again, like you can't disagree. He's been awful. I mean, a 33-weighted run created plus, Jim. This is the guy, I mean, what? If we turn back time a year ago, albeit, of course, different circumstances, but like when he hit 38 plate appearances last year, was he at like maybe a 400-weighted runs created plus at that time? <laughs> Probably. Know? Yeah, I mean, I mean he think was about just, the he was start he had last year, and now he's sitting at a 33. I mean, he does. He looks completely lost at the plate. Now, is it timing? I have a feeling. I mean, that seems to be a lot of hitters. You know, they're they're slumping right now, if you want to call it a slump. Um, it seems like they're behind. You know, timing just isn't there. Christian Yellow started, what, two or one for 25 on the season? We witnessed it. So, you know, maybe Josh Bell just falling in that court category with a lot of other players. The timing just isn't there. Hopefully it comes around. Hey, you just mentioned it. Now, of course, if it's Casey Mize, maybe not so much, but... Maybe the Tigers pitching could be a cure, Jim. You know, they might be able to find it in the Tigers series, and that's what gets this offense started. 
So I'm going to actually go another step, which it's sad because it feels like we're talking about the same thing week in and week out right now at this point in the short season. But it stops at the top, it starts with the top of the order once again. I mean, it's just been dismal. Every single game, it just seems like it's our six, you know, maybe five, six, seven hitter that has to carry this team. And you're not going to win ball clubs if you're relying solely on five, six, seven. Because eight and nine is just pathetic, <laughs> right? And then one, two, three should get going, but they just seem not to. I mean, you're Adam Frazier's, you're Ke- Kevin Newman, start a hit maybe here and there. So maybe he's coming alive, but I mean, Brian Reynolds still looks lost. You know, Alex said Adam Frazier's lost. You have to set the table at the top of the lineup. And, you know, if if that's all you're relying on is Calm Rand, basically, and Phillip Evans, you're, you're, you're damn right you're 2 and 9. So, you know, this top of the lineup for me is the, another key to success. No, you're right. Um, Newman has been just as bad as Bell, if not worse. Um, Reynolds has been, has been bad. Reynolds may be coming along. I mean, I know it's a really small sample size, but he's batting 300 in August. So that's good to see. Um, in August. <laughs> in August. It's, it is August 5th. So we were, we're a few days in. He's batting 300. So hey, that's fine. Um, that's the better than his. We're grasping on Jim. <laughs> that's better than his 83 he bat, he hit in July. Um, there you go. So, and he had some, he had a good swing yesterday. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he's coming along because um, they, they need him to. Uh, and then like you mentioned, Frazier, really those, it's those four, Frazier, Newman, Reynolds, Bell have to produce. They don't even need to produce, you know, what they did last year. They just need to be close to that. Um, you know, Bell obviously is a, is a key Newman, Newman doesn't have to hit 310, right? I mean, right. He, he just has to be able to hit and get on base a, a little bit. Reynolds, same thing, doesn't have to hit 310, but, you know, show some pop, show some, you know, put together some good at-bats. Frazier's the guy where, you know, you probably want him, you know, up there around 280, 290 and getting on base. But um, they're just, yeah, none of those guys are getting the job done right now. So that's, that's a good key. That top of the lineup just needs to be better. Because it feels like right now, every game, if we are doing anything, we're scoring one, two runs. And it's all Moran, Evans, Eric Gonzalez. Like, it's just like random people who are getting a, a random single and with, with somebody on base. And, and that's our one run for the game. All right. You're right. And, of course, it's coming in the eighth inning. That's it. <laughs> yep. Um, so I guess I'll go next key. Next key to the game is Derek Shelton. Derek Shelton has to um, pull some better strings. It feels like he's – I don't know what he's doing with his, his bullpen management. Um, he's just and, – and I get it. I get that it's got to be tough because, like, like, I, like we've said before, at some point the guys just need to get the job done. But when you're in a huge situation and it's a high, you know, we got a high leverage situation going on. You can't bring Miguel Del Pozo into the game. Like you just can't, you can't do it. Right. And, and, and he's, he's doing these things where he's bringing in like the worst pitchers I've ever seen in my entire life into face, <laughs> <laughs> into face people in high leverage situations 
when there are competent arms out there, like I really actually, I mean, I like what I've seen out of Sam Howard, like whoever yeah. this guy is, like he's looked, he's looked good his first two games. So, you know, maybe, you know, put these guys in there who have shown that they're, you know, I'm looking at our bullpen and, and there's been, we, we've got some guys in there who are actually, you look at, I look at their numbers and they're, they're good. Um, so give those guys who have shown that they can, can get people out, put those guys into the game when you need an out and not, not like the worst pitcher like ever, like Miguel Del Pozo. I don't know if you have, I don't know if you have the stat cast, Thing that I shared the other day. Oh yes, <laughs> Miguel Miguel Del Pozo's Statcast page is literally it's the saddest thing. <laughs> it's the saddest thing I've ever seen, and I'm not trying to pick on the guy. Like I know he's trying, but oh, oh my gosh, Donardo, it's it's sad. Like I looked at it and I I almost wept. Right. I felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah, no, my favorite take on that was when you showed it, right? And it was all like the percentiles, you know, what percentile he's in mm-hmm. for exit velocity all this year. Like, I've never seen so many ones on a page before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It, but I, I mean, was just like, you're right. This guy, Why is he coming <laughs> in so often in like all these high leverage situations? Why, why is he and the like, first one off? And it's like, how do you feel if you're Robbie Erlin, knowing you got designated for assignment? As a left-handed reliever, but this guy still yeah. has a job. And that's the thing too. It's not like Robbie Erlin was anything like great either. You know, right. I, it's yeah. not like I look at the Robbie Erlin being DFA'd and say, "Oh my God, how that happened." You look at it and say, "Well, that makes sense." But then you see the other guys in the team. You're like, "Well, wait a minute, what's going on here? How's this guy still on the team?" So I don't know. Maybe there's something they saw in summer camp. And they're trying to bring it out of Del Pozo. I'm just trying to be positive. I'm trying to make sense of this, Jim. That's all. Because I'm absolutely with you. He hasn't shown much, except that he can walk a lot of guys. Um, but, hey, it's the 2020 Pirates. They're 2-9. and nine. Speaks a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's definitely some keys to success against the Tigers. <sighs> Hopefully, we can squeak some wins out of them, Jim. It would be nice. Uh, like you said, two more against the Twins. I don't foresee it, but the first game was close. Hey, Brubaker's making his start, so he looked good. He's going to slide into the rotation for people wanting to know with uh, the injury to Keller, and uh, I'm I'm interested in that. I would really like to say, uh, hey, I was interested in him this year. He was my sleeper. Uh, he's looked fantastic in the bullpen. He'll be in the starting rotation now, so let's see how that goes. But uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Let's let's get into some actual real Pirates talk and. We're going to bring a new segment. I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but uh, we, we have a, a little rant. Jim, I know you have a rant you want to go on. Are you ready for this? I think I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's see if we can do it. I'm going to give you 90 seconds. All right. All right. Can't fill it. Can't fill it. I have a feeling you, you, you need this timer at 90, though. So, okay. Let's go. All right, so there's been a lot of talk about tanking, and I'm all for using tanking as an organizational strategy to get better in in the long haul. It's proven to work. Um, Teams have done it, and they've been successful with it, and and I'm I'm cool with that. Here's the thing, though. Tanking is something that an organization does. Tanking isn't something that a manager or the players do, do, right? No player is out there actively trying to lose a game. 
a manager is not out there actively trying to lose a game. And if a manager is out there actively trying to lose a game, then that's going to piss off a whole lot of players, um, players who you can potentially maybe get to you in the future, um, and the players that are on the team right now. Nobody wants to play for a manager who's actively not trying to win a game. So I'm not buying these things that Derek Shelton's making these moves and putting these people in positions to not succeed because he's tanking. Uh, if he is, then we have a problem as well, because that shouldn't be the case. Um, but Derek Shelton needs to do a better job managing. He's not shown anything when it comes to you know, his in-game decisions, especially the bullpen management, or just really a, from a situational standpoint. You look at these last two games that we've had, um, not, not last yesterday, but the two games before, it's like Derek Shelton, intentional walks exist so that we can get somebody on first base to set up a double play to make this easier on our relievers. I know that's weird situations right now, but you've got to, you've got to do things that put your, your players in the best position to succeed. He didn't do that with Cody Ponce. He didn't do that with Nick Birdie and people are saying it's tanking. No, that's not tanking. That's just bad managerial decisions. And that was proven by his post game quotes. Um, mm. So, like I said, Cody Ponce isn't out there tanking. Nick Birdie isn't out there tanking. It was Cody Ponce's major league debut. Best best moment of his life, right? He's he's trying to win. He's trying to compete. Nick Birdie playing against the team that drafted him. You know, he's trying to compete. He's trying to win. Players aren't tanking. The the manager needs to do what is going to put the players in the best position to succeed. Hot mic, Jim. Hot mic. Did, did I go over? I wasn't looking at the You did. I couldn't stop you. I couldn't stop you. I felt the passion. I know you're I know you're a little pissed off right now, Val Shelton. We'll definitely go further into that as well and talk here. Uh, we, we, I think we've both got some things to get off our chest a little further. But I'll tell you what. I have a little bit of a rant myself. I don't know if I'll fill the whole minute 30, but <clears throat> Jim, there's been a player that the North Shore 9 has semi-loved. And it's kind of taken off into... You know, its own little thing, and that's Adam Frazier. All right. We've believed in him. You know, back way back, we thought, you know, he should be playing second base. Josh Josh Frazier. Josh Harrison should be the utility guy. You know, there was some back and forth, you know, Harrison Frazier, and ultimately Frazier is here, although Josh Harrison hits a home run for Washington last night. But, you know, Frazier's been that dude for us. I'm really pissed off about Adam Frazier this year. And it's not just the hitting. I mean, the dude can hit, right? Well, not this year. The dude's batting 167, right? 45 weighted runs created plus. Now, listen, as I just mentioned, I have a feeling the hitters are behind. I'm not even going after Adam Frazier because he's not hitting, although he sucks and he hits everything right to the second baseman and gets an out. But the dude is not in the game. How many two plans has he had out there, right? Gets picked off at first base. The guy, Brian Reynolds makes, you know, a, a solid play at, uh, in, in left field. I forget who was the one that was hitting. Guy tries to stretch out to a, a double. Throws right into Frazier. Frazier's down on second base. Easy tag. Heading on in the game. Lacks a day's little tag. Guy's safe. Could have been an easy out. Jim, that could have been the first out. Oh, it's Wilson Contreras because he should have been tagged out two times that inning. It's Wilson Contreras. Should have tagged him out. That run could have never scored. There's a possibility the Cubs could have lost that game against the Pirates. Thank you, Adam Frazier. Not to you. Adam Frazier's really pissing me off this year because not only is he not hitting, but he looks terrible in the field and on the bases. What are you doing? Get your ass in the game, which also could be on Shelton. So, Jim, maybe we should talk a little more about Shelton. I mean, do you want to talk more about Shelton? I, think, I think we do. Right. 
Because again, my rant with Frazier. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe there's a little bit on Shelton too. What's going on? Yeah. So here's the thing with Shelton. He seems like a great guy. Like super. He seems like a really good guy. The players like him, right? But I also I've you know I've you know I've played baseball on pretty competitive teams and I, I've played sports and I know you have too that you know there's there comes a time like players players are, are pretty in key with with what's going on they they know what's going on they you know they have opinions on stuff too and when when they're not put in the best position to succeed as a team mm-hmm. or as an individual you know they start talking they start you know it it messes with morale um like 100% like it it changes a clubhouse and it changes a team and you know i know we're only 11 games into Derek Sheldon's major league career as a as a manager right so he's learning all of this too but he just needs to do better his quotes don't make sense, right? You know, somebody asked him, and, and I, I appreciate people asking him these questions because it's, I know it's pr- probably pretty hard on the media right now because they can't actually like be around right. anybody. So, you know, his quotes about, le- you know, not walking bias, you know, with Cody Ponce in there. So he, he mentioned he didn't want to put Ponce in a tough spot where he needed to execute pitches. Well, he's already in a tough spot where he's got to execute pitches. <laughs> Why don't we just make it a little bit, like help him out a little bit and give him just another way that he can execute, right? Like if if somebody grounds, hits a ground ball or shortstop with a runner on first, then he's out of the inning. Right. Whereas if you don't put him in that position, then that, that can never happen, right? He's But – Either way, whatever position that he's in, he still has to execute his pitches. Like, it's still a tough spot. He was yep. in a tough spot. And just, and I, I don't want to really cut spot. you off, but I want yeah. to say something here that, that kind of fits mm-hmm. that. This guy is a 50% ground ball pitcher. Like, inducing the ground ball is what he kind of does. So you're kind of playing into his repertoire here. Yeah, and, like, my just like, like his quote just didn't make sense. His logic behind it didn't make sense. Like, I would, I could actually accept it if he was like, you know what, we kept him in there because Baez is a free swinger and he strikes out a lot, and we really were just looking for the K. If he would have said that, I would have been like, eh, okay, I can at least accept that logic. I don't know if you're right, but I can accept that logic. But his logic on his quote didn't make sense. He's like, I didn't want to put him in a tough position where he had to execute pitches in his major league debut. Well, then what's he doing out there? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, then why'd like, you put him in now? <laughs> like, he's a, it's extra innings in a tie ball game and where a, a runner is going to start in scoring position. He's already in a tough spot where he's got to execute pitches. Right. Like, it, that doesn't change whether there's a runner on first or not. Same thing with Birdie. I didn't want to put him in a tougher spot where he had to execute pitches. And then he goes on to say, we just didn't execute the pitch, you know, when it comes to Cruz hitting the, the fly ball at the end of the game. Right. It's like the logic doesn't make sense. Like I said, I, I, if he would have said something else, I could have been like, okay, that makes sense. At least a little bit, I can accept it. Mm-hmm. But his thinking behind his decisions isn't making sense, which that's kind of the more concerning thing. And like I said, I get that 
this team is not making the playoffs this year. That's pretty apparent now watching them after the first two weeks. And I'm all for not really trying. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm all for not going out there and, you know, signing the best free agents that are available to try to pick up extra wins and, yes. and maybe get to 500 at this point. I'm, I'm cool with that. Right. Um, but what I'm not cool with is just, you know, when you, when the game is on and it's being played by competitive athletes you've got to you've got to try to win the game and like do your best to win the game and and Shelton in my like I say if he's a good person he's trying to win the game because no one's going to be throwing their players under the bus to to try to you know sabotage them so that they can lose a game and tank mm-hmm. you know nobody out there Josh Bell doesn't care about next year's draft position right right Nick Birdie doesn't care about next year's draft. None of these guys care about next year's draft position. Um, the only per- person, the only people who care about next year's draft position are the fans and the front office. No one else cares. Derek Shelton couldn't, shouldn't care, honestly. So no, none of these people should care. And and I I, I just want to harp on that that you know there's some fans out there saying, "Don't get mad at Shelton. We're tanking." Right. Shelton's not tanking. That's not what managers do. Like managers are in there to put their players in the best position where they can succeed during a game. And he's not doing that right now. So I'm willing to give him more time. I, I, I was, I was probably a little bit critical of him after that, that, that first twins game. But I mean, it was well warranted. Um, and of course it's always, oh, you know, yeah. instant reaction, that stuff you're in the moment. So the heat's yeah. there, but I can't say anything that you said wasn't true, you know, and those shouldn't be addressed or questioned at this time. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things where he, he's, he's just not pulling the right strings, right? Like he's not, he's not bringing in the right people. He's not calling on the right pinch hitters. He's this, this extra inning, whatever we've been doing in these extra inning games has been just, terrible and there's been a lot of them (laughs) we've had we've had what maybe five innings where we've started with a runner on second base it's been at least four and i'm pretty sure the runner got out every time like (laughs) it's not even it's not even that he's being stranded like he actually he just gets out like somehow i Um, I think most famously jacob stallings at home (laughs) like it's like what are we doing like what is our strategy we have a strategy and what is it um so it's as I just haven't been impressed. Eleven games in, haven't been impressed. Um, if, if if this is him, then then I mean I I meant I tweeted it out the other day. It was like if this is him, then I don't want this guy anywhere near a team that's that's capable of being competitive. Yeah. Um, like I said hopefully he can get a little better and kind of find his find his bearings a little bit because I do like him. He like I said, he seems like a nice guy. Um, players like him. Got a good personality, like the thing he's doing with the charities after games. Like that's all cool. I, I like that. Um, he just needs to be a better in-game manager, and right now he just hasn't shown it. You're absolutely right, man. And so, like I said, I, I think there's a way I can tie this in with Adam Frazier and such. You know, the one of the things that I really enjoyed with his hire. Just hearing the guy. I mean, he didn't step foot into PNC Park and even Pittsburgh yet, I feel. You know, but just hearing him, the interview and stuff like that, you know, the stuff he talked about was bringing fun into the game, 
but also accountability. And I think those are two very, very important things for a manager. Because as I mentioned yesterday, and you hit it like you know, his in-game stuff, I don't – maybe I can get your take on this too, Jim. I don't feel there's too many managers out there in baseball that are known and being good for in-game managing. I mean, when I t- think about that, top of the list I feel is Terry Francona. You know, that, that's my go-to. You want to talk about a really good you know, strategy, in-game manager like Terry Francona, that's, that's the dude. He proved it, you know, in the World Series because Joe Madden – Basically, almost lost the Cubs at World Series by his managing, right? The guy who's touted as one of the best managers in baseball. Um, I feel like in-game managing just isn't there for most managers. So, like, being that guy that can get the best out of his players, that can get the guys rallied, you know, and stuff like that, that, that the personal manager is really strong important, which also Joe Madden is that also. Um, so, it seemed like that's what Shelton could bring. But... Just watching this team. Now, of course, the decisions, like you mentioned, are just terrible. But like just watching this team, none of them really seem to be in the game. Like, do you feel that way a bit? Like, there's a lot of dumb plays out there. Even yesterday, when you know Gerard Dyson just like bobbles, you know, the, the the ball in the outfield. I mean, he brought this guy in for defense. Like, you're just seeing so many plays. Uh, Take away Jacob Stallings. Like, he's the exception to this right now defensively. I mean, I was like, these guys just don't seem like they're in it. So it's like, we know he's bringing the fun, you know? You know the guys rally around him. They like him. But is it just one big happy family and there's not a Cali behind behind the scenes? I I don't know. I'm questioning it. I'm not saying he's not. But I question it because of things I see. And again, like with Adam Frazier, with that tag, what are you doing? So... Yes, uh, you know, you talk about the manager side. Now, I'm hoping that there's also accountability on this team. And they're not just all having fun behind the scenes. Yeah, and I mean, I don't I don't think anybody's having fun going <laughs> to a nine. Like, well, that's a good point. I, I can't imagine anybody's having too much fun right now. Um, it's not too fun when, you know, you're <laughs> you're striking out 13 times a game. Uh, it's not fun when you're you've lost six games in a row, which six games in a row in a sixty game season. By the way, <laughs> Oof. this equates to had we lost sixteen games in a row during a normal season. Um, no, no, like you said, I, I agree. Um, so I think there's different ways to kind of view accountability on a baseball team, right? Like, I you know you can you can just like bench a player, right? Um, but then at the same time, is that always the best thing for the team? Like if somebody just makes a boneheaded decision because they're out of the, you know, their head's not in the right space, is it best for the team to, you know, sit somebody who is better than another player? I, I don't really know. And that's why I'm not a manager, right? That's, that's their decision. What's, it's going to depend on the player, I think, on what's going to make them kind of tick. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the, one of the skills that they need to possess is, hey, what, what, what strings can I pull on this particular person to get the best out of them? Right. Right. Um, right. And, and yeah, like you mentioned, there's been a lot of base running things that have been bad. Um, pe- pe- players getting picked off, players getting thrown out on the bases. I mean, some of that you could, you can put on the coaches, right. You know, maybe, maybe they're sending players when they shouldn't. Right. I also, at the same time, I tend to lean more towards, I'm not really a guy like I'm like you got to steal every base, 
But when it comes to base running and taking extra bases, I'm all for that. Like I'm all for being super aggressive on the base paths. Um, like when the ball's in play. Um, I, 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 I like that. I appreciate that. I think it puts a lot of pressure on the defense to make a play. Um, and a lot of times they're not capable of doing that. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm fine when, when players get thrown out at home by 10 feet. Like, I know it sucks in the moment and I'll be like, what was he doing there? But, you know, more often than not, that throw is going to be four feet off the plate, you know, and you score. So I'm cool with the aggressiveness on the base pass. What I'm not cool with is, you know, getting picked off, you know, from you know, by Yachty or Molina, how he does it every single series against us where, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a pitch off the plate and he just snap throws it to first and boom, somebody's out. Right. Um, and, and like you said, just kind of not having your head in the right place and then not throwing to the right bases like that I can get. Um, yeah. I don't really know the best way to, I don't really know the best way to hold each individual accountable. Like, do you bench Josh Bell for not, not like, he's clearly struggling at the play. I don't know what he's doing up there. I'm sure he's trying, right? Well, do, you, yeah. do you bench yeah. Frazier? Like, do you bench Dyson? Do you bench Heredia for throwing to the wrong base when, you know, there's, there's a runner on first and he's throwing home and allow him to go to second. I don't know what the best decision is there because if you bench the guys who are playing right now, the guys that you put in are worse. You know, it's like, like, what do you do there? I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question, but to go back to the fun thing, they're probably not having fun. Um, the accountability. Yeah. I mean, each person's gotta be held accountable for what they do in, the, in, in their own specific way. I just don't really, I don't really have an answer for that as far as what's going to be the best way to do that. Gotcha. Understand. And, and then maybe like take, take a step back here. Cause I'm with you. I, I don't think they're truly having fun. Uh, when I bring that up is like the the overall perception and mentality of the the manager and stuff like what we want to bring you know but mm-hmm. you make a good point because you you just said they're probably not having fun they're two and nine so let's let's bring this back to the tank right this is why players and managers aren't part of the tank the tanking comes from the GM level and higher right like you mentioned on the field there's no tank because what players you mentioned is going to buy into that like they're not having fun being two and nine right now. They don't want to do that. Like, every player wants to win. You know why? Because winning is fun. Winning's enjoyable. When you win, you appreciate, you like what you did. When you lose, you're pissed off. You know, you're looking back at the tape. What am I doing wrong? And it's just not fun. And these guys are fighting for contracts for next year, you know, for spots next year. If this is a valuation year, what are you evaluating if you're tanking? Right? I mean, if yep. Ponce's trying to make the club and trying to be future you know, intentions on this team, what is he proving and showing what he can do if he's, air quotes, tanking? So that's why, like, it's not happening on the level of this team on the field. And with that being said, kind of to piggyback what I mentioned yesterday as well. Um, oh, damn, what was I just going to say? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser. Um, no, no, I, oh, no, no. I, it might hit me here in a second. <laughs> now nah, I've lost my whole train of thought. Um, I don't know. Pick up, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you're you're absolutely right. Like I said, there's there is tanking. Tanking exists, but it's not it's not on a micro level. It's on a macro level. And and you know we talked about this a little little bit before. Like at this point, 
you know, let's kind of talk about that. Like, if we want to go into full tank mode now, why play Guillermo Heredia? Why play Ger- Gerard Dyson? Why, why play those guys who you know have absolutely nothing to do with your future? Like, if we're going to tank and we're going to tank right, call up the guys who could potentially be a part of this future and just throw them out there and see what they do. So, you know, I, you know, you mentioned, you know, and, and we, I think we were a little bit on different pages here, but like somebody like, like Jared Oliva, um, I know he hasn't played triple A ball, but he's somebody he's, he's 24 years old. Who cares about starting his clock? Like who, who cares? He's going to be, if you call him up now, you still control him through age 30. He doesn't become a free agent until 31. So it's not like, who, who cares about the clock on him? Call him up. Just throw him out there. Like, who would you rather watch? If the team's going to suck, who would you rather watch? Guillermo Heredia and Gerard Dyson? Or would you rather watch Jared Oliva out there and just seeing what he can do? So I'm all for, like, if that's, if that's this organization's strategy right now, then let's do that. Let's put in the guys who are, who are over in that Altoona camp who the service time issue is not going to be a big deal, right? I'm not saying let's call up, you know, let's not call up Quinn Priester at age 19. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, we're not, I'm not saying that. But, like, the guys who are already past that point where, like, the service time matters, call them up. Put them in there. Like, Oliva, put them in there. Like, I, I'm – even even Hayes to this point, Brian Hayes is twenty three years old, going on twenty four. If you call him up now, you still have him through, you know, until he's thirty, right? So you have him through his entire prime. Like the, the service time issue is not a thing with Brian Hayes anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> call these guys up, throw them out there. Like I said, if we're if we're gonna suck, let's suck with guys who could potentially be a part of our future and just give them some playing time um, and let them. Let them see major league pitching. Let them be on a major league club. Let them learn how to be a major league ball player. That's that's how you tank, right? You don't. I I, I said I don't I don't care about Guillermo Heredia or Gerard Dyson or really Philip Evans to an extent. Like I'm fine with. Like <laughs> oh he's, come on, like, Jim! <laughs> it's like Philip Evans. And he's it's, a, and he's it's a fun MVP candidate. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's he's off to a great start, but like Philip Evans is not a part of this team's future. So. Let's just I, – I, that's, that's what I want to see. If we're going to suck, let's suck with the guys who could potentially be a part of this team um, and just see, see what they can do. So that's, that's my take on it. Uh, and no, I don't hate that at all. Uh, like you mentioned, we were talking about it. Maybe on some players we you know, disagree on a little bit. Um, but like the Jared Oliva, that makes a lot of sense. I will admit I did not realize he was 24 years old when we were talking about yesterday. Uh, about to be 25 in just a few months in November. So you're right there. For for one, he is older. So it's not like he needs to truly experience. I mean, this guy has gone through a lot of baseball in his career so far. You know, right? And then on top of that, it's not like he's a top, top prospect. I mean, he's number 10 rated-wise in MLB. And I'm with you there, too. Like your prize possession, like a Garrett Cole, right? You want him for a long time. You're probably going to wait till he's ready. So that way you, you can maximize his time here. Uh, but also, like you mentioned, he's probably come up at age 22 or 23. So how do we get him here till age 30? Well, why waste it right now? But with Oliva, there's two things. So, yeah, he is a little bit older. Therefore, he's going to be here, like you mentioned, till age 30 if you brought him up now. But on top of that as well, 
Why are you worried about service time? Money, right? Is Jared Oliva that type of prospect? I mean, hopefully he is, but the likelihood is he that type of prospect that you're not going to be able to afford. You know, like, are you looking like, well, we got to wait because we need to be able to afford him into, you know, age 30, 31 to give him some, some you know, contract with options, right? To, to keep him like a starting Marte. He's probably not that player. You know, he'll probably be able to sign if you want him to the Pirates again at age 30 when his contract's up at age 31. So, you know, I, I'm with you there. Like, those type of prospects I'm cool with. And on top of that, it makes sense because there is no minor league season this year, Jim. So, like, where is Oliva getting his reps at? Maybe it is at the Major League Club. And so, therefore, are you really losing much by not having Heredia out there? So, what I want to get into as well with the Heredia and Dyson, as I misspoke and said Lorenzo Kane yesterday <laughs> on the show, I realized, you know, there was reasons why, Charrington, you felt like they brought in, like, the Maylees and the Dysons. It was because of defense. You know, there's one thing that they focused on this year was defense. What's the defense going to do? Help out the pitching. You have a new pitching coach. Not a great, but better defense behind you. And, you know, the pitchers can get better. As you mentioned earlier, you put them in better situations. Well, that's not happening. Jared Dyson isn't looking that great out there. You know, we saw him misplay the, the ball yesterday. Heredia had some mishaps. I mean, what was that throw he had the other day? <laughs> he released it, and I, I you want to talk about launch angle. I mean, his <laughs> he had a perfect barrel on that throw, I felt. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that throw was crazy. Oh, my God. So it's like if they're not doing what you have brought them in here for, and you are 2-9, and nine, yeah, I don't disagree. I would not hate a Jared Oliva up here. Still with like Brian Hayes, I'm just I'm torn. And also because Colin Moran is producing. Um, if it takes, <clears throat> for the people listening that will hate me on this, if it, if it takes Jose Azuna out, I'm cool with it. <laughs> but, you know, hey, Moran is producing. I'm enjoying it. And if you're talking about, you know, accountability, you, you can't not reward Colin Moran for the start he's had and say, well, we're bringing up for Brian Hayes right now. So I, I'm still on board keeping him down. It's kind of a wasted year. Keep him down this year. Bring him up next year. Start the clock. But an Oliva, let's do it. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I'm fine with either way with Hayes, but I would like to see him. I said, if we're going to suck, let's at least do it with some players that you know I want to watch. Like right now, I don't care to watch half of these guys. This team is not fun to watch. Like I put the game on, and it's just <laughs> – it's I suffer through nine innings, sometimes ten or eleven. But um, <laughs> it, it's 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 one of those things. And, and yeah, Moran's producing, but you can get him in the lineup other ways. I think, um, you know, put him at first, put him at DH. I, I'm fine with that. But yeah, I, like I want to see Hayes. I want to see Oliva. Heck, call up Will Craig. Use him as a bench bat. I don't care. Um, like I said I don't think he has a future with the team, but let him prove it. Like bring him up and just see what happens. No, that, that, that's a fair point, too, with Will Craig. It's not like I'm excited to see Will Craig as well, but I've seen Ozuna. I feel I know what Ozuna is. It's not like he's had you know a tremendous amount of plate appearances every single year, but I feel like I've seen enough of him. I would rather see the unseen, and I think that's what it is. It's not that I'm saying Will Craig is better than Ozuna. He could be worse, but I've seen Ozuna. I haven't seen Craig. Let's just see it. Prove, like you said, prove yourself. What are you? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to get off your chest? 
I think that's good for today, Donardo. All right. We'll have more to talk about tomorrow. <clears throat> tomorrow, we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure. Yep. Cool, cool. All right. Well, with that said, yeah, we'll be back again tomorrow, 9 p.m. for NS9 Live. Tomorrow is a day game, once again, with the Twins, so it won't be right after the baseball game. So, yeah, we'll be live right at 9 o'clock, and then um, we'll see you all later. So, with that said, bye-bye. Later.